magnify and exalt the King of kings. Jesus is Lord, so let all creation sing. Praise Him, adore Him, worship His name. I will praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord. Good to be in the house of God. Listen to some revivals. Lord, won't you revive us? Here we go. Revive us, oh Lord, won't you revive us? Revive us, oh Lord, won't you revive us? Fill us with your love and power. Strengthen us in your mind. Revive us, oh Lord. Oh, see it again. Revive us, oh Lord. Won't you revive? Fill us. Revive us, oh Lord. Won't you revive us? Fill us with your love and power. Strengthen us in your mind. Revive us, oh Lord.
Let's slow it down in this place and sing that song for he is Lord, for he is Lord. Lifting our hands and magnify Jesus. For he is Lord. He is Lord. Oh, sing it with all your heart in this place. Jesus has given praise. Place, God. 
the Garcia family and for Maria Benavides. Let's pray for these for salvation. Amen. Let's pray for healing for Doris. Uh, uh, consider for McKenna Carter, Nancy Singlin, uh, Sally Ruby, uh, Isabel Amparan, uh, Mauricio Ramos, Kathy Chavez, Lucia Castro, Veronica Moreno, uh, Maria Vega. Uh, uh, for uh, Rosendo, that's in a hospital, Del Sol Hospital. Let's pray for that. And for Sister Mar uh, Mary Reina. Uh, let's pray for these that God would touch them and heal them and do a work in their lives. Uh, we're going to pray for specialists for Raul Torres, uh, Thomas uh, Rodriguez, uh, Dominic, Dominic Perez, and for Jonathan Warren. Amen. Let's pray for these also. Amen. Let's pray that God would uh, uh, continue to move in uh, our new converts, people that have gotten saved recently. If God would help them get established in the things of God. Amen. Let's pray for our nation. Uh, let's pray for our president, President Trump, uh, Vice President Pence. Amen. Let's pray for God's grace and, and wisdom upon uh, their lives. Amen. Let's pray also. Uh, that God would move in our youth, amen, that God would bring revival, amen. Let's pray for our leaders. Uh, we're praying, as always, for Pastor Mitchell, uh, for uh, Pastor Greg and Lisa Mitchell, amen, for Pastor uh, Harold and Mona Warner, and for our pastor, Pastor Stevens, as he ministers in Houston. Uh, let's pray for God's grace to be upon his life and Sister Renee, amen. Let's pray for all these needs. Uh, we want to lift up uh, uh, just a few of our uh, outreach works, amen. Let's pray for Robert and Angie Correa in Houston, uh, Jerry and Jenny Sarabia in Pittsburgh, and for Herman Violeta Rueda in Bogota, Colombia. Amen. Uh, let's pray for all these needs. Amen. Let's go before God. Amen. Believing that God's going to move uh, in this service tonight, that God is going to speak to us. And every single service is, 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 a, is a date that we have with God. Amen. It's a time where God wants to speak to us. And if you will open your heart, I guarantee you every service, God's going to help us. I mean, you can say amen. Amen. So let's go before God. Uh, let's, let's lift up these needs. And as we subside in prayer, uh, brother uh, Abel is going to come to the mic and is going to open us up in prayer. And let's pray and let's get a hold of God right now. Hallelujah. God, we come before your throne. God, asking that you help us. Uh, we pray for your Holy Ghost, God, to move in this place. Uh, we believe you, God, for great things and every one of these needs that have been lifted before you, O oh God. I pray, God, help us tonight, O oh God, in Jesus' name. Yes, Heavenly Father, we thank you, my God, for your grace and your mercy in this evening, Lord. God, tonight we claim your promises, Lord, for we know, my God, that you can give us life even more abundantly even here today, Lord. We ask you, my God, that you will meet the need of your people here tonight. Lord, we pour out your spirit here towards you, Lord. God, that you will meet the need in finances, Lord, in relationships. God, that you will move upon your church here tonight, Lord. And we ask you, my God, that you bring all sinner, all backslider into repentance. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. Amen. Amen. Take time and greet one another to see me. Amen. Hallelujah. We want to welcome everyone out to our Wednesday service. Amen. It's always tremendous, tremendous blessing to be, be here in the middle of the service of, of the week. Amen. Hallelujah. I always consider the Wednesday service as an oasis in the desert. Amen. You come, 
you know, go through all kinds of things during the week, amen, but there's nothing like coming into the presence of God, amen. We want to uh, make some very uh, quick announcements before uh, we get into the preaching, amen. We want to first uh, announce that we have a Spanish service every Thursday, uh, that's at 7 o'clock, 6 o'clock prayer, and uh, uh, Pastor Augie Herrera, amen, heads that up, and so we're believing God for great things in that sp uh, Spanish service. Uh, I think that uh, in El Paso, most of us know someone that speaks Spanish, amen, so uh, if you uh, have any, you know, co-workers, friends, family, uh, that maybe they, they only speak Spanish and that may be one of the reasons they might not come to one of the regular services, uh, we encourage you to invite them to the Spanish services. That's 7 o'clock on Thursday, amen, so we invite, uh, encourage you to do that. Fridays, we uh, normally have Bible studies, but we're uh, shifting that and we're having outreaches, so we're getting uh, ready to uh, prepare for the, the, the fall festival. And uh, uh, from what I hear and from what I've, you know, just the testimonies that I've heard is that these fall festivals have been tremendous, many, many visitors, amen. So uh, we're believing that God's going to bring many visitors to this fall festival as well. And so, uh, but we need to do the work. We need to be diligent with that. So uh, uh, Friday, uh, we encourage all the Bible study leaders, all their assistants uh, to set the example and to be here for uh, that Friday outreach, amen. And so that's uh, we're gathering here at 7 o'clock, and we're going to be hitting the streets uh, at that time. Amen. So Saturday, uh, we also have outreach. We pray from 10 to 11 o'clock in the morning, and at 11 o'clock, we're also passing out flyers. So this is going to be uh, the, the last outreach that we specifically have uh, for this fall festival. So, so we need all hands on deck. Amen. So uh, if you don't normally come, we want to encourage you to make that extra effort. Uh, you know, uh, take some time, uh, you know, do whatever you got to do, but, but we need that extra effort, amen, to, to pass out the flyers. I, I believe we still have a ton of flyers, so, so we want to encourage, amen, to uh, not only pass out flyers in these outreach, but take some with you. Uh, I'm sure, you know, every one of us, you know, we, 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 you know, we rub shoulders with people throughout the week, and so we want to encourage you also to take some of those and to, uh, you know, do every, everything you can and bring some folks, amen, to those, uh, to that fall festival, amen, so um, th that's on Saturday. Uh, Sundays, we have our regular services. Amen. We have our Sunday school at 10 o'clock in the morning. Uh, and, and so Pastor Stevens is going to be here. And he's, he's, uh, he's just doing this tremendous, tremendous Sunday school about uh, unlocking your genius. Amen. And I don't know about you, but I need some unlocking of my genius. Amen. Uh, but uh, that's on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock in the morning. 11 is uh, regular service and also at 7 o'clock in the evening. Uh, I'm sorry, 6.30 in the evening, we have a regular service, 5.30 prayer. And I also want to encourage all the men. Uh, we have serious men class at uh, 7 in the morning. And so we're also believing God for great things in that, amen, and believing God, uh, men to rise up, amen. So uh, we want to encourage you to be a part of all of that, amen. And um, uh, I believe for now that's all our announcements. Uh, Saturdays uh, uh, at 8 o'clock in the evenings, uh, we have our Edge uh, concert scene, and I just wanted to put a little plug in there, amen, that uh, uh, um, uh, last Saturday and the Saturday before, we've been a little bit thin, and so I know a church that's been having concerts for the last 40 years. I understand that sometimes you go through some lows and some highs, uh, but, you know, when, when we go through a couple of Saturdays where it gets kind of low, I, I mean, you know, we got to kind of kick it up and, and kick it into gear, so... We want to encourage people, amen, see, if, if you haven't been to these concerts or you know, you know some people that, that may not come to a regular service, amen, but you'll invite them to a concert, amen, who knows, they can, they can come and get saved, so uh, we want to encourage you to do that. Uh, a, a couple of other announcements, uh, Georgetown Invasion Team, 
uh, is going to meet after the service uh, by the drums. Amen. So if you're going to that uh, invasion team uh, tomorrow, uh, I'm sorry, um, Friday, uh, then uh, uh, meet uh, here by the drums right after the service. Also, Fall Festival Outreach Friday at 6.30. Okay, uh, I said 7, so it's going to be at 6.30 uh, here at the church. Uh, water baptisms, uh, it's going to be on the 27th. Uh, if you uh, need to know more about that, you can talk to Pastor Ernie uh, Lopez, and he can uh, explain everything that's involved in that. And so that will be a blessing. Also, there's going to be a work party at 7 in the morning uh, for the fall festival. Amen. So uh, uh, on the day of the fall festival at 7 in the morning, uh, uh, Brother Craig said that's not a mistake. That is at 7 in the morning. Amen. So uh, that is, if you can help with that, uh, there's all kinds of preparation that needs to go into, uh, you know, getting everything ready for that fall festival. So, so if you can help with that, that will be a tremendous blessing. 7 in the morning. Uh, I, for that fall festival and also uh, there's also some candy that is still needed for that amen so uh, if you had committed to uh, bring some candy for that fall festival amen we still need some of that so if you can help us with that that would be a tremendous tremendous blessing amen okay now those are all the announcements uh, we want to take up uh, this evening's tithes and offerings uh, one of the things that I've realized that you need to establish and you need to resolve in your life uh, is your trust in God. This is one of the things that you need to, uh, you need to settle in your heart. If you're going to serve God long term, if you're going to be a Christian over the years and you're going to uh, be able to go on for God, you need to settle this in your, God, in your heart. You need to be able to trust God. How many can say amen? And so there's a story in the Bible. Uh, it's a very, very popular story about the rich young ruler that came to Jesus and, and, you know, he's interested in the things of God. He's interested in heaven. He's interested in being a disciple. And so he sees everything that, that is going, uh, going on in the life of Jesus and the disciples. And he wants a part of that. So he comes up to Jesus. And, it, and you know the story, you know, what must I do to be saved, to, to, to enter into the kingdom? And so Jesus gives him a, a few instructions, you know, uh, you know, keep the commandments, do this, do that. And, and uh, we know that he was very... Uh, he, he kept those commandments very closely, but there was one thing that he lacked. And so Jesus says, go sell all that you have, give to the poor, and then come and follow me. And so, you know, I've always thought when I've read that, you know, it, is, it was Jesus really after his money. And so in Mark chapter 10, verse uh, 23 and, and onward, says these words, And Jesus looked around and said to his disciple, How hard it is for those who have riches to enter into the kingdom of God. And the disciples were astonished at his words, but Jesus answered again, and he said to him, in other words, you know, uh, these disciples are, uh, did we just hear this right? Jesus is, 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 is saying, unless you sell everything, you can't enter into the kingdom of God. And so Jesus clarifies this, and he says, children, how hard is it for those who trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? So in other words, the real issue was trust. And what Jesus was telling his disciples is you need to settle this issue in your life about trust. Who are you going to trust? In the case of this young ruler, his trust was in his money. His trust was, was, was in what he would gain, what he could have. That was where he had placed his trust. And Jesus says, if you're going to serve God and you're going to make it all the way to the end, if you're going to make it all the way to heaven, you need to settle the issue of trust in God. And that, 
and the area where that is most uh, uh, most challenged, the area where 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 you need to settle it the most is in the area of your finances. How many of you know when we take an offering, what we're telling God is, God, I trust you. Here's my tithe. Hallelujah. God, I trust you. Here's my offering. I trust you. Amen. I don't trust my finance. I don't trust my job. I don't trust the economy. God, I trust you. And every time we take an offering, that is what you're saying. Every offering is saying to God, God, before I trust anything else in life, I trust you. And so we're going to take this offering tonight. I want to encourage you, amen, to just simply be uh, faithful, be liberal with your tithes and offerings. And I, and I can tell you, amen, God will bless you and God will help you, amen. So let's uh, give, amen. I'm going to ask uh, that Brother Gable will pray for this offering. Hallelujah. Let's sing the song. And mighty is our God. Mighty is our King. Mighty is our Lord. appreciate you guys. If you have your Bibles, we're going to do two texts to start us off with. It's going to be Matthew chapter 6 and Romans chapter 1, please. Matthew chapter 6 and Romans chapter 1. How many of you all like rock music? Well, I have a question for you. There's an old rocker, musician, by the name of Bob Dylan. Who knows him? It's a lot of people. Okay. He sang a song in the 70s, and he got saved when I was in high school. Got gloriously, powerfully saved. He gave his life to Christ. I mean, this guy was one crazy guy. I mean, bound by drugs and all of the craziness that goes with that lifestyle, and he gloriously got saved. And he sang a song in 1979 called, picture number one, Gotta Serve Somebody. Anybody remember that? Gotta Serve Somebody. It goes like this. You gotta serve somebody. Either it's the Lord or it's the devil. But you are going to serve somebody. And there's nobody that knew that better than 
him because he said, I was serving the devil. I was doing things on his bidding and even sending people to hell. I was bound by drugs, alcohol, the women, the sexual perversion, all of it. And then, now, I'm serving the Lord. Unfortunately, like what happens to a lot of these high-profile people is the pastors start putting them on the stage way too early. And they don't give them a chance to be able to build their foundation with Jesus. And they end up getting accustomed to the limelight, the pride, and it just falls from there. And unfortunately, he backslid. But before he backslid, he sang that powerful, powerful song. I'm going to preach about something tonight that you don't hear preached in most churches. But it's taught so clearly in the New Testament. And it's the subject of how Jesus describes our relationship with him. And he says, I'm your Lord. Right? And then he says, and you are my slave. You got to see your eyes. I told you, it's not talked about very much. And you have to understand, I mean, I understand perfectly that by just even saying that, because of our nation's history, we have a distaste. We're repulsed with the notion of slavery. And we should be. It was bad. Badly treated. But imagine in the days of Jesus and the apostles, there was slavery not going on hundreds of years before that, but it was slavery going on at that moment. They saw it everywhere. And then Jesus says, take on my yoke. Whoa! And then the disciples start preaching, saying, who wants to make Jesus their Lord? See, we all say Lord, but we have no idea what that really means. And they understood clearly, and that was an anathema to them. That was repulsive to them. That was distasteful to them. And Jesus said, you want me to be your Savior, but unless I'm your Lord, it can't happen. The Greeks at that time, I mean, they were the intelligentsia. They were the people that said, we are free. We are going to do whatever we want to do, when we want to do it. We are not of slave. We are not of slavery. We are free. And then here comes Paul the apostle preaching to them about being a slave. In eternity, we're going to either be with the Lord or with the devil. Both are masters. Both are masters, ultimate rulers of their kingdoms. Which place we go to depends on who's your master right here. Who are you serving? Who is your slave? Whose slave are you? 
want to preach this message, and I've called it picture number two, a slave of Christ, a slave of Christ. Let's read Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. Jesus' own words, he says, no one can serve two masters. Now, in the Greek, that word is kuros, kuros, K-U-R-O-S, which means Lord. For either he will hate the one or he will love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And then in Romans chapter 1, verse 1, Paul the Apostle says, Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God. But it says bondservant there. What language was the New Testament written in? If you look it up in the Greek, in your Greek lexicon, it says doulos, D-O-U-L. O-S. And there's no other way to look at it, but that is a slave. And that comes from the root word, dio, D-E-O, and that means slave. The Greeks fully knew what Paul the apostle was saying when he says, I am a slave of Christ. You want to join me? I first want to look at being a slave of sin because what this rock musician said, you got to have to serve somebody. Either it's the Lord or it's the devil, but you're going to serve somebody. He knew because he had been serving the devil. He had been serving sin, bound by those bondages, bound by those sins. Picture number three. When we do that, we are a slave to sin. Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices is a habit, has a habit of sin. You're a slave to that sin. Whatever it is, you're a slave to that sin. Alcoholism. Oh, no, I'm not, man. Come on. It's 8 o'clock in the morning. You've already had two tall ones. You don't know how many people I speak to. And they go, no, I'm not. I'm not an alcoholic. Drugs. My heart is broken right now with some people that aren't here right now because they're bound and they're a slave to drugs. Lust. Pornography. Oh, my gosh. My cousin, beautiful girl, Christian woman that goes to a church on the west side could have had anybody. She married somebody in her church. Go to the honeymoon and she is dis dismissed by him. What is going on? And she's beautiful. And she comes to find out he's in the other room looking at his porno on his phone and is more interested in the porno than the real thing because he's been doing it since he was 12 years old and bound to it. Oh, that's just for dumb people. A smart person won't do that. In the news this week, what's the, you know, what, what, 
You don't have to be a brain surgeon to do that, is the common saying. Well, a brain surgeon just died in jail in California. California brain surgeon accused of child sex abuse found dead in his jail. I don't care how smart you are. You can be bound to sin, to lying. Why do you lie? Sometimes you'll say a lie and you don't even need a lie. It's the smallest of little things. You don't need to. It's not going to benefit you. But you're a slave to lying, to stealing, stealing from your mom, from at work. Why? The smallest of things, but you're bound to it. You're bound to a spirit of jealousy. I mean, everything bothers you about what your spouse, your friend is doing. And you have to know everything, see everything. What were you? Bound by jealousy. It's a spirit or a spirit of envy. You see somebody that has something? I want that. Bound by that spirit. You're bound by an uncontrollable anger. Temper tantrums. You even blank out sometimes in rage. And you do something. And you go, how could I do that? This week, a man runs over his ex-wife with a car, then gets out and hacks her to death in a gruesome machete attack, October 4th. A spirit of anger dominated him. He's bound by this. Bound by a spirit of fear. You can't get out of the house. You don't want to be around anybody, anything, because this fear takes over you. Anxiety, worry. You're popping prescription pills left and right. It's a real bondage. You're a slave to your past. What somebody did to you. What something happened to you or what you did to yourself. And you can't forgive yourself. And you keep on, your past identifies you. It's like a jacket you put on all the time. Can't move forward. Secondly, I want to talk about how to be set free. Because yes, you can, picture number six, be set free. You don't have to be that way anymore. You can be set free. I don't care what you are bound by. I don't care how many years you can be set free. The devil, he's a hard taskmaster. He rubs your face in it. I'm not going to do this anymore. And you do it again and again and again. And you try to stop. And you feel such condemnation. You even have thoughts of suicide. I'm here to tell you, you can be set free. John chapter 8, verse 31 through 32. Then Jesus said to the Jews who believe, and if you believe, this is for you. If you abide in my word, if you live in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Make you free of whatever. I don't care what it is. 
The truth shall make you free, and you'll be broken from that. You don't have to be identified by that anymore. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone, anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I deal a lot with people that are in the prisons or come out of the prisons. And they have to go to Alcoholics Anonymous meetings. And for the most part, it's a pretty good program. But there's something that I disagree with a lot when it comes to that program. They say, once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. That's a lie. That's a lie. The Bible says, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. I don't drink anymore. I don't look at porno anymore. I don't do the things that I used to do anymore. Pastor Stevens, he was an alcoholic. Somebody just told me they used to drink 18 beers a day on work days and double on the weekend. And there are people who've done even more than that here, and they don't do it anymore. Here to tell you, you can be set free. So how do you do that? What's the strategy? Because it is, does take a strategy. And I'm going to give you two components to make sure you can break free from that. The first one is spiritual, and the second one is practical. Spiritual. You can't do it on your own. You've got to have His Spirit. You must be born again of the Spirit of God. If you're just coming to this church, it ain't going to happen. Oh, I'm going to go get baptized. I remember when I went to Israel, there was this one guy, he kept on getting baptized. Up, down, up, down, up. I'm like, that's not going to help you, man. You can get baptized in the River Jordan. You must be born again of the Spirit of God. Feed your spirit every day by abiding in His Word, by talking to Him every day, by coming to church and hearing sermons like this that you won't hear anywhere else, by hanging around with the right crowd and stopping hanging around with the wrong crowd. Walk in the Spirit. Galatians 5.16 I say then, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I can't stop this anger problem. I can't stop this lying. I can't stop this pornography. I can't stop. Walk in the Spirit. Say, God, I can't do this in myself. God says, I know. That's why I need to live in you. Be charged up spiritually every day. And then it says, and you will not do and be hooked anymore to those problems. The practical, number two. It's sanctification or repentance. You got to turn from it. You got to get away from those situations. You know where you look at porn. Don't go there. And if it's this, get yourself a stupid phone. If you can't control it, get yourself a stupid phone, a flip phone that you can't look at pictures. All it is is the phone. When you know you have a problem with something, the lying, the stealing, the whatever anger, the, 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 the spirit of mammon and greed, I'm not going to go there. I can't control myself, so I'm going to stay away from those places. They used to have a car. 
and it was called impulse. Smart people. Because some people, have you ever had it to where you don't need a car, but the next thing you know is you go to that car lot, you just want to ask, and then you're driving away with that car. Why did I do that? Because you're impulsive, and that's why they call the car impulse. Stay away. Look at this scripture, James 4, 7. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. What a formula. Submit to your Lord. Submit. Resist the devil. No, I'm not going to do it. And stay away. Don't be going, oh, hi, devil. How are you doing? So what are we going to talk about today? And then you wonder why you keep on blowing it again and again and again. Flee from him. Resist and he will flee from you. Change teams. Don't be in that team anymore. Join that team. Stop being a slave of the devil. He's a hard taskmaster. Say, God, I want to be your slave. Change teams. I want to talk now about being a slave of Christ. Paul the apostle in Romans 1.1, that wasn't just one time he did it. It's throughout the New Testament. It's, he starts off Romans 1.1. Paul, a slave of Jesus Christ. And then he says the same thing in Philippians 1.1. James 1.1. 2 Peter 1.1. Jude 1. He talks about it everywhere. A lot of people. Hi, my name is Robert and I'm an engineer. And we always want to be able to say what we do. He says... Hi, my name is Paul. I'm a slave of Christ. Wow. <laughs> what a different mentality. The church world has a mentality of entitlement. What can you do for me, God? What can I And Paul the apostle says, not me. He's already done enough for me on the cross. God, what can I do for you? I'm your slave. Jesus is the Lord of lords, and he's our master. Colossians 4.1. Masters, for people back then that had slaves. Masters, give your, says here, bond service, give your slaves what is just and fair, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Woo-wee. Paul the Apostle, he sees how some of these people are treating their slaves. He goes, you better stop that, Christian. You better stop that now. Okay, fine, there's slavery. It's going on. It's, it's a reality. But you know how your master, your Lord treats you real good? You better do that to him. You better not be like the world. Many churches and Christians proudly state, Jesus is Lord. You see it everywhere. Especially the big churches. Jesus is Lord. You see it on bumper stickers. Really? Is he your Lord? Is he their Lord? Jesus is Lord. He's God. And we don't recognize that. John 20, 28. And Thomas, after he touches his hands answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. And when it says God there in the Greek, 
that steals, meaning deity, meaning supreme divinity. Thomas gets on his knees. You are Lord. I'm a slave. I recognize you as such. Because Lord in the Greek is Krios. K. Y. R. I. O. S. It's someone with supreme authority, control, and power over others. It's a master or a ruler. And they were saying, you can yoke me to you, Christ. We see that scripture in the Bible. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. What does that mean? Picture number seven. This is just a scripture or a picture. That's a yoke on those, and it's, I'm going to throw in something. That's when the Bible says, do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Hey, boyfriend, not yet, brother. Do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Put the last one on there, please. Um, do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. It's okay if they're different colors. It's okay if they got a big nose. It's okay if they're losing their hair or gray. Just make sure they're saved. Just make sure they're in the Lord. And they have Jesus as their Lord. So that's a yoke. Now you can put the other one, please, brother. In the scripture that Jesus says in Matthew 11:30, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What he's saying is, come on, slave, yoke yourself with me. Oh, come on. I mean, that's too much. He's my Lord, but I don't have to do all those things. I don't have to, I mean, you're, you're talking about something that is a slaver, that they had to do exactly what God said. They had to obey. He's my Lord. He's my God. He's my friend. I don't have to do everything. I don't have to do those things. Luke 6.46, Jesus said, But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Wow. How many of us in the world have done that? Oh, Lord. Hi, Lord. And then I don't do what he says. And he says to me, Ernie, if I'm not the Lord of every part of your life, I came into this church. Oh, yes, Lord. But I came with my girlfriend, my fiance. And I said, God, you can have everything. <clears throat> Except for her. But you can have everything. If he's not the Lord of all of your life, he's not the Lord at all of your life. But the problem is Christianity and church, churchianity in this world has just got away from this. And God is a Santa Claus. What can you do for me, God? Every day, I need this, God. And it's an entitlement mentality. Instead of being a mentality of, God, I'm grateful. 
I'm a slave, God. I'm grateful. And then God drives at home with this powerful, I think one of the hardest sets of verses in all of the Bible, Luke 17, 7 through 10. And which of you, having a servant plowing or tending sheep, will say to him when he has come in from the field, come at once and sit down to eat? But will he not rather say to him, prepare something for my supper, and gird yourself and serve me till I have eaten and drunk, and afterwards you will eat and drink? Does he think that servant, because he did the things which were commanded him, uh, 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 does he thank that servant because he did those things which were commanded him? I think not. So likewise you, when you have done all the things which are commanded, which you are commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what was our duty to do. Oh my gosh. You guys see it? That's rough. My flesh doesn't like that. I don't know about you. But it doesn't matter what I think, think or feel. He's worthy of me to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. This word, slave in the Greek, doulos, is 130 times in the New Testament. 100? I mean, as I'm studying this thing, I'm going, oh, my gosh. My new King James, American Standard, has it a few times. I think once or twice. But all of them say, serve, servant, or bondservant at most. But in the Greek, doesn't have that at all. In fact, in the Greek, doulos can only be translated two ways. Servant or slave. And a servant is somebody that you hired and you pay them a wage, and they can quit. And a slave is somebody you purchased. You bought with a price, and they couldn't quit. First Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you? whom you have from God, and you are not your own, for you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. I don't know how clear the Bible can get, and it's taken me a lot of years to be able to get it. Luke 14, 27. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me, cannot be my disciple. Hey, God, I want you to take care of me. Hey, God, do what I want you to do. Follow me. Obey me. But God, I don't feel. Do what I want you to do. Don't go by your feelings. Go by obedience. In prison. In prison, you have no rights. If you don't feel like doing something, they don't care. You've got to do exactly what they say when they say it. It's no fun. In the army, you have two kinds of situations. You have one where it's a volunteer army like we have today. 
Hey, I'm going to sign up. It's called a volunteer army. Why? Because it's going to pay my college. Because I'm going to get health care. I'm going to get benefits. They're going to take care of me. It's going to be great. But once you're on, and once you're in, you're in. Now you are a GI. You are government-issued. Our property. Hey, Sarge, I don't want to do that. They're laughing because we got our soldiers over there. Right, Peyton? Can't do that. Because you've been now, you're their property. You're not your property anymore. You've got to do what they say. And then you have a draft. And I pray that that draft doesn't happen. But when the draft does come, and I'm sure it will sometime, for those of you who are young and your parents, it doesn't matter what you say or you think. You will be required to come and to report. And now you are a GI. Not because you volunteered. Because there's a need and you are now in. Hey, man, but I didn't sign up for this. Shh. Do what you say, what we say. I think soldiers should be the very best disciples because you guys already know how to submit, and you have to. And then you have the phenomena of a slave that has done his duty, and now he can be released. And he says, hey, master, hey, Lord, you've been good to me. You've loved me. You've taken care of me. You haven't abused me. Can I stay with you? And those were called the willing slaves. And the master said, you bet. And they would identify them as of that family. And they can stay there because there was a bond of love and mutual help and respect. That's what God has done for us because he's a good God. Because he's a good Lord. Because he's a good master. And because he loves us so much that he paid the price for our freedom. I'm not bound anymore. And I'm not going to hell anymore. He died for me. There was this, I found this quote. Everybody comes into this world to live. But Jesus came to this world, picture number nine, to die for you and for me. Fulton Sheen said, all of us come and we have a goal. We have all sorts of dreams and aspirations. I got a life to live, man. But Jesus came to die for you and to make you free from your sin, free from hell. He then fills us with this Holy Spirit and says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And then he takes us to heaven with him. That heaven that he's preparing for us, for those who have willingly made him his Lord, our Lord, their whole lives here. And then he's going to say these words in Matthew 25, 23. His Lord said to him, Well done, 
good and faithful slave. Not servant. Look at the Greek. Those translations, 20 English translations, call it, call it servant. Only one in English calls a slave. That's by the Gooding translation. He was a Greek genius, and he was a professor of Greek in Chicago in the 20s. And he had the guts to be able to say, no, doulos means slave. Everybody else, no, no, you don't understand our history. You don't understand. It's distasteful. And that's what's happened to our generation is we don't understand servant, friend, of which we are. But we have to remember, well done, thou good and faithful slave. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. I, like Paul the Apostle, willingly now say, yes, Lord, I'm your slave. Willingly. I have no problem with that, Lord. You are my master. You are my Lord of Lords. How about you? Are you willing to say, God, you are my Lord. And I will not have an entitlement mentality. I will not say, whenever I want or whenever I feel or these are my terms. No, God, no more. When pastor says, we're going to have an outreach. We really need people to come. If somebody really believed what the Bible says, and I gave you guys not my opinion. Everything I gave you right now was God's word. If we really believe that, doesn't it change our whole perspective and mentality? Shouldn't it change our whole perspective and mentality? Shouldn't we say, hey God, not my will, but your will. Hey God, I'm tired. God knows. But he also sees those souls that are going to hell. He also sees in your circle of influence, there are people in your family. People at work. People at school. That if they died right now, they're going to hell and you haven't even witnessed to them. This church should be full with people from our work. The best place to be a witness is not Saturday night. I'm glad we do. But the best place is where they see you day in and day out. And they get to see how the real you are. They get to see you in the hard situations, in the tempting situations. That's the best place to be a Christian and to be able to get somebody to see you're different from the world. God says, you're going to enter into my rest. I know you're tired. I know you're weary. Hebrews 4.9 There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. Revelation 14.13 Then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Write, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. From now on, Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works. Follow them. But it starts with the word, Lord. As I close, Luke 12, 
35 through 37, Jesus speaks about the faithful slave. Let your waist be girded and your lamps burning. And you yourselves be like men who wait for their master. Then he will return from the wedding. That when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Blessed are the servants whom the master, when he comes, will find him watching. Assuredly, I say to you, he will gird himself and have them sit down to eat and will come and serve them. We're tired. We go through a lot of things. It's a crazy life. It's a doggy dog life. It's a rat race. All of those things. God knows you're tired. God knows you're weary. And he's saying, I've got to rest. And when, I get, when you get to heaven, I'm going to say, well done, thou good and faithful slave. Now let me serve you. Because you've been faithful. And because you treated me like your Lord. If you're willing to do that, then God says, heaven is your home. I'm not a bad person. I don't do all those wrong things. There's only two masters. And if you are the master of the king of kings, it doesn't matter if you're a goody good two shoes. It doesn't matter if you don't do any bad things. What are you doing on the good things? What are you doing for him? And if you aren't doing that, then God says, am I really your master? Am I really your Lord? I'd like to have every head bowed and every eye closed in the presence of God. I know this is not a very popular message at all, but it's the Bible. And I'm here to tell you, even though there were terrible atrocities done in the name of slavery, terrible masters, Jesus is not like that. He is a good Lord. He is a good God. He is a merciful, gracious God. And he died on the cross for you. So you can be set free. And you don't have to be bound by the things that you're bound by. You don't have to live with that spirit of fear and suicidal thoughts and anger and uncontrollable rage and drinking problems, and prescription problems, and you can't sleep because you're bound. And God says, he who the Son sets free will be free indeed. If any man be in Christ, he will be a new creation. That's for you. He loves you, and he wants to help you. Are you willing to come to him? And not only to make him your Savior, but your Lord. And if you do that, friend, he'll set you you free and fill you with his Holy Spirit and give you a peace and a joy you can't find in this world. If that's you, give your life to Christ. Raise up your hand to God right now. Hi. And say, that's me, preacher. That's me. I need God. I want God. And I'm willing to make him my Lord. I recognize I need him. I am bound by the things that I'm doing. I don't want to live this way anymore. I want to be set free. Raise your hand to God. Hi. Say, God, that's me, Lord. That's me, God. Yes, thank you for that honesty. Anybody else join this honest person? I see you. Anybody else? Say, that's me. That's me, God. God, I want to be set free, God. I can be honest. And I can recognize that I am living a life 
that I am a slave to these things. And I don't want to be that way anymore. And certainly, God, I don't want to go to hell. Set me free. Forgive me, Lord, and become my... Yes, I see that honest person. Anybody else? God is touching people. Let God be God in your life. He's touching you right now. You know and you feel him. Don't resist. You're supposed to resist the devil, not the Holy Spirit. Raise up your hand to God and join these two honest people that are going to be touched of God. That know that they're bound and know this is not right. This is not how God wants you to live. He's your creator and he wants to set you free. If that's you, raise up your hand to God. Say, God, that's me. And join these honest people. Anybody else? Raise up your hand high. Left to back. Left to right. Front to back. Anybody? Raise your hand to God. That's me, preacher. That's me. Oh, God. Help me, God. You're feeling the Holy Spirit right now grip you. Submit to God. Don't put it off anymore. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? All right. For those who are backslidden, He used to be your Lord. But right now you're doing things you know you shouldn't be doing. You're involved with sexual perversion or the relationship that is not of God. You are unequally yoked. You are right now yoked to things you shouldn't be yoked. You're bound right now. You're not set free. And it's obvious. Stop it. No more. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And you're doing that. No more. Say, God, no more. Set me free, God. I don't want to be bound by this worry and this fear. I don't want to be bound, God, by this spirit. I need the Holy Spirit. Come back into me. Create a clean heart in me. If that's you, raise up your hand to God. Say, God, I need to be set free. I want to come back to you, Lord. I'm willing to make you my Lord again. Come back to him. Come back to him. He's worthy. Raise up your hand to God. Raise it up hand. Hi. Don't be embarrassed. Don't worry about what other people think. Only worry about what God, your Lord, thinks. Raise up your hand to God. Yes, I see you, sister. Anybody else? Raise up your hand to God. Raise up your hand. Hi. Lift it up. All right. For those of you that raise your hand, did you mean that, brother? Did you mean that, sister? Come on. Come forward. George, right behind you. Come on, sister. Come on. Anybody else to join these two honest people that God is going to touch? All right, I want every head bowed, every eye closed. We are living a lie in Christianity. When we think that it's an entitlement mentality and God is there as our Santa Claus, He is Lord. Lord of Lords. We need to understand what Lord means and what our position is. And we need to say, as Paul the Apostle says, I, Paul, a slave of Christ. And he said it proudly. Not because he was a masochist. No, because he knew it's better to be a slave of Christ than to be a general in the kingdom of the devil and be bound by the things and on your way to hell. I'm going to open up the altars right now. Let's come and let's talk to our Lord and let's make some commitments in Jesus' name. Amen. Come. Everybody stand, please. Everybody stand. Everybody stand.
Hallelujah, Lord. For he is Lord. Jesus. And he is Lord. And he has risen from the dead. And he is Lord. sing this song again, but we're going to read Luke 14, 15 through 24. Luke 14, and it's called the parable of the great supper. Look what our Lord says. And when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things and said to him, blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then he said to him, a certain man gave a great supper and invited many and sent his servants at supper time to say to those invited come for all things are now ready but they all with one accord began to make excuses the first said to him I have bought a piece of ground I must go and see it I ask you to have me excused and another said I have bought the five uh, yoke of oxen and I'm going to test them I ask you to have me excused still another said I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come so that servant came and reported these things to his master, who is God. Then the master of the house said, being angry, said to his servant, go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, master, it is done as you have commanded and still there is room. Then the master said to the servant, go into the highways and to the hedges and compel 
compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. There are many people who are too busy for God right now. And you try to invite them. You've done your job. And the Bible says that God says they will never taste of my supper. They were invited. God says, my house, I want it to be full. And many are saying, I'm too busy, God. Let not that be of any of us in here, I ask. And let us understand that he's saying, we are the slaves here. <clears throat> we are the servants. And he's saying, go and compel your, your circle of influence, your mom, your dad, your brothers, your sisters, people at work, soldiers. Compel them to come in. Because very soon, John 9, 4, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. I feel a sense of urgency that does not a lot of time. We need to be able to say, you are my Lord. I will do your bidding. Let's talk to God again. Go ahead and sing that song. Sing that song, brother. Oh God, oh God, that we, Lord God, we make you our Lord, God. God, we willingly, my God, are your slaves, my God. Thank you that you are a gracious God, a merciful God, a good God, Lord. I pray and stay where you're at right now, please, and let's worship God. Sing in this song, stay where you're at, please. Willingly, my God, we lay down our lives for you because you laid down your life for us, Lord. Thank you, my God. Thank 
Rolo raba baba sobo rolo saba raba baba sha Shobo rolo raba baba saba raba baba sa Shobo rolo raba baba sa Thank you my God thank you Lord Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, our Lord. Praise God. Tomorrow, um, Spanish ministry on Friday. Uh, we need your all's help. Like I said, let's have a great turnout. And let's have a great outreach. Um, and then Sunday, bring somebody. Pastor Stevens is going to be preaching a great message Sunday morning. Let's fill up every chair with our circle of influence for our Lord. Amen? All right. I'm going to have Joe Hankins uh, seal us in prayer.